This is Attack of the 20th Century. Thank you for joining us as we explore science fiction, fantasy, and horror films of the 20th century. I am your host, Jeff. And I am your other host, Mike. Welcome to episode 41. We are reviewing the Evil Dead series. Today, we're going to look at the original Sam Raimi trilogy, The Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness. Our next episode will review Evil Dead from 2013 and the newest addition to the series, Evil Dead Rise. In that episode, we'll even do our official ranking of the five films. Give me some sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Look for us on Instagram and Facebook at Attack of the 20th Century. That's 20TH. We post our next movie selection there. You can comment, give your thoughts, and they just might make it on the air. So this is our big kickoff for season three. And we're really excited because we're doing something we've never done before. We're going to try to do five movies within two episodes. And then at the end of it, do a ranking. And it's kind of a bummer Kim can't join us. She just actually got back from a trip to Alaska. Our oldest son just graduated high school. And the two of them went off on a cruise together with their whole graduating class. How cool is that? That You can't beat that. Come on. No. Uh, but we are so fortunate to have Mike back. So I hope this season to be able to pull you in some more because you have great knowledge and insight into these movies. And, you know, we always start off with what you've been watching lately. So it doesn't have to be sci-fi or horror related, but what, what have you been watching in your household lately? So I, I actually, you might hear a little raspiness in my voice tonight because I just recently got over being sick and uh, my daughter was sick as well. And so we had ourselves a little Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore marathon. Wow. Watching the, the, the great team up of them for 51st Dates, mm -hmm. Wedding Singer, and Blended, which I had actually never seen before. So Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. Yeah, that one I, I definitely was not one of my favorites, but she loved it. Did she, she loved okay. it. But Wedding Singer and 51st Dates, that just has nostalgia for me. I I could watch those any day. Uh, and they're really dumb, let's yeah. face it. They are <laughs> stupid. But, uh, you know, when you've got a movie that just kind of speaks to your history and your, uh, your past and, and just, you know, it's your own movie, essentially. And yeah. those two definitely fall into that category for me. So yeah. It was fun. The Wedding Singer has to be in Adam Sandler's top three films. Maybe his best, right? It's pretty funny. I, I have to say, I chuckled I throughout, yeah. I, I love that one. And I do think they make a great on-screen couple. They do. Well, as you know, I've been trying to learn Spanish lately. And Netflix has a feature where you can set the audio and the subtitles to Spanish. And I'm not very good at listening and hearing Spanish yet when people are just rattling it off. But if they're subtitles... I do much better, <laughs> which is very inconvenient in real life because people don't have subtitles under their chins, you know, but in Netflix, they do. And so I've been watching some old favorites, but then I got into a Spanish show called Against the Ropes. And it's uh, basically, a, it's kind of a drama comedy. You know, this lady goes to prison unjustly. And she comes back. She's trying to re uh, uh, get acquainted with her daughter and of course, father of her daughter is now in another relationship, and she's this real cool luchador. And the daughter really looks up to the, it's not really, they're not married, so it's not like a mom, but it's like a motherly figure. And so she gets into wrestling too, to try to win over the affections of her daughter. 
It's it's real silly, but it's all in Spanish. And I've it's the first thing I've watched where I I don't know what the heck's going on, but I'm trying to pick it up just from Spanish. Whereas like other things I watched are things I've seen before, James Bond movies or whatnot that are like I, I kind of know the movie anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's been fun. Well, this is probably a good time to announce this on the show, and a lot of no nobody knows this yet. <laughs> but Jeff is actually going to be recording the next couple shows in Spanish oh. for <laughs> for our listening audience. <laughs> you know, I'm just kidding. cool. Let me give you a little bit of an overview of the whole series of Evil Dead films. Again, this episode, we're going to cover the Sam Raimi trilogy, but I wanted to give you a little overview of the whole series, and then let's get into like your history with those films. Uh, so Sam Raimi grew up in Michigan, becoming pals with schoolmate Bruce Campbell. They bonded over the love of comic books, movies, and even the Three Stooges, and I think that's pretty evident in these yeah, films. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they started making Super 8 short films, and those were eventually played at like their local drive-in theaters, which was cool. Uh, and one of those was a short called Within the Woods, and that was a blueprint for the Evil Dead film. Uh, have you ever seen that? Like, I have not. I'd never even heard of it until I was getting prepared for this. Um, but it was successful enough, it had enough of a vibe about it, that they were able to get funding from their hometown friends and businessmen to get started on the Evil Dead. Uh, so the first film was released in 81, and it picked up an audience in 82 when it got played at the Cannes Fe Film Festival. And horror author giant Stephen King fell in love with the movie and helped get it noticed. And this was really cool. Raimi worked with the Coen brothers and Bruce Campbell on a film called Crime Wave in 1985, which bombed. Now, have you ever seen Crime Wave? Or Never heard it? Well, not until I read about yeah about yeah Sam Raimi. So. I mean, I love the Coen brothers, and I love Sam Raimi. I love Bruce yeah. Campbell. It's like I gotta see this movie now. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should. It's probably good. Yeah, it probably is. So we'll check that out. But Raimi was convinced to work on Evil Dead Two, which was a soft reboot of the original film. It had a much bigger budget, but was still kind of a it's considered a low budget horror film. Uh, then Sam Raimi went on to write and direct the superhero film Dark Man in 1990, which kind of gave him a little more power in the in show business, right? Le Liam Neeson. Uh, I loved that movie growing yeah. up. Yeah. I haven't seen that one, actually. Oh, really? It's, yeah. it's good. It's good. So the production company greenlit a third Evil Dead film whose working title was Medieval Dead, which I think is an awesome title. Mostly filmed in 1991, it had a few logistical and financial hurdles. It delayed its U.S. release until 1993, and it did pretty good uh, in the box office, but mostly became a cult hit and made a lot of money in the, you know, the VHS market. So Bruce Campbell and Raimi discussed sequels for years. Nothing really materialized. Um, I watched an interview with uh, Bruce Campbell, and he said it was kind of discouraging that every time they released the new, a new movie, the fans were like, Ah, this one wasn't as good as the last one. You know, these are people too, and it kind of bothered them, I guess. But yeah. So eventually they decided to go into a completely different, you know, direction and kind of remove a lot of the, the camp and the silliness and did the 2013 Evil Dead with new director Fede Alvarez. 
And so it's more serious in tone, filled with brutality and gore. And it did pretty well financially. You know, it turned a, a nice profit. And then starting in 2015, there was the Ash versus Evil Dead series that lasted three seasons. And apparently it got canceled because Bruce Campbell blamed that no one had ever heard of the streaming service Stars, <laughs> which I actually got it recently because yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty cheap, you know, pretty inexpensive. He also claims that Ash versus Evil Dead is the number one illegally downloaded movie or uh, TV series of all time. So I don't know if that's factual or not, but I well, that goes it. hand in hand because wasn't uh, Evil Dead was the the most stolen videotape in in really yeah in the videotape world? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So after several <clears throat> ideas, including an Army of Darkness two film, they eventually settled on the Evil Dead Rise concept which was ultimately written and directed by Lee Cronin. Um, we'll talk about that one in our next episode. But you've probably heard this already. Originally, it was going to be a streaming-only movie on HBO Max. It tested super well. So they said, hey, let's go ahead and release this thing on, uh, you know, in the theaters. And it became the highest-grossing Evil Dead film of all five. Buku bucks, man. Yeah, yeah, it did well. A huge surprise hit. So yeah, that's a little bit about Evil Dead. Why don't we go ahead and go into your history with the film series? So I'm just curious, like, what order did you watch the movies, and what's your background with the the series? So my my history is pretty funny, actually, because growing up, I, I did not watch these movies. In fact, um, the only one I saw was Army of Darkness when I was when I was younger, uh, uh-huh. and I think it was on cable or, or something like that. Uh huh. <clears throat> but. Um, Uh, For some reason, you know, in my mind, I had lumped these movies in with like Faces of Death and, you Mm -hmm. know, all these really like dark uh, type movies, even though I loved horror, I I loved, Mm -hmm. you know, the the genre, but um, there was something about it. I don't know if I'd read articles about it or heard about it, but yeah, (laughs) I lumped it up, you know, in with all those, those type of movies. And it wasn't until high school... Uh, that I actually went back and, and watched the, the first two okay. uh, with, a, with a buddy of mine. We had like kind of a horror-themed uh, mm-hmm. nights that we would you know, watch some of these old horror movies. So, Did you feel guilty when watching it? Or by then you were like, oh, no, this one should be fine. No, I, no guilt whatsoever. Because yeah. pro- probably by that point I'd seen a lot worse things. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, it was... Um, you know, I, I enjoyed them. Um, mm-hmm. and since then I've probably watched all of them, maybe five, six, seven times. Yeah. So, yeah. So you saw army of darkness and then you saw evil dead, evil dead one in the same night. Yep. And then probably army of darkness again. Oh yeah. 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 Now what about 2013 and uh, evil dead rise? So 2013, I saw around when it came out, I, I didn't go see it in the theater, but I saw it, uh, you know, on streaming services and, uh, mm-hmm. it didn't really make a big impact with me. I, like, I, yeah. I remember when we were talking about it, I was like, I just can't even really remember it all that well. Yeah. So, um, I had to go back and, and watch it for this, uh, podcast. But, yeah. uh, um, you know, what started all this is, uh, Jeff, asked if I wanted to go see uh, Evil Dead Rise. And that was definitely one that I was excited to see. And yeah. I think we both walked away. Pretty I mean, blown away, right? Yeah, kind of loving it. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of, that's what started this whole, this whole exploring the past. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I thought this would be real fun because we both have a love for the film series. We just saw Evil Dead Rise. I wish we could have seen it again. Yeah. But it's just, it didn't work out, unfortunately. We just saw it the once. So, you know, what we'll do is we'll do this podcast. We'll see the movie a couple more times and we'll be like, oh no, we ranked it, you know, too high or too low. <laughs> <laughs> or we should have said this or that. Yeah. But, oh well. Well, what's, what's your history with it? With the series. Well, when Army of Darkness was advertised on TV as being in the theater, I saw something like the skeletons. I, I want to say the skeleton army. And I instantly thought of my past growing up, you know, and I didn't know who Ray Harryhausen was at the time. But, you know, the Sinbad movies, the Jason and the Argonaut movies, the things where, like, they had these claymation skeletons. That was a big part of my childhood. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed goofy. And I think they may have done some one-liners here and there in the trailer even. And I was like, oh, you know, because if you're, you know, a child of the 80s, you grew up on one-liners and action films. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I have to go see this movie. And I was about 15, maybe 14, 15, somewhere in there. And I went with a buddy of mine and saw it and I just loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I had no idea it was like the third movie in a trilogy. I I don't think I realized it either. Uh, You know, it's interesting because it's such a completely different spin on it. Yeah. That you can watch it just as a singular movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say, like, there was no internet at the time, but I had gotten a magazine. I was big into uh, music, and I had, like, Rolling Stone magazine and Spin magazine, other music. Sometimes I would do movie stuff in the music magazines, and I think I read somewhere about Evil Dead 1 and 2, and and I'd read that Evil Dead 2 was really superior. Whoever written this article was like, Evil Dead 1 is really just uh, a basically a less funny, more grotesque version of the second movie, Got Us Evil Dead 2. And and so it was one of those things where like right after I read the article, I was in a blockbuster or something and they were selling VHS tapes. <laughs> and there was an Evil Dead 2 VHS tape. And I said, oh, you know, this is the one before Army of Darkness. Let me go see it. So I grabbed it and I watched it a bunch of times and really liked it. And I guess it scratched my itch. Like I didn't have any reason to see evil dead so i thought you know i never thought oh i need to go seek out evil dead one but anyway long story short uh you know evil dead 2013 came out and i was like super busy a lot going on in my life and i just never saw it and i guess because there was no camp Mm -hmm. there was no uh, silliness there was no bruce campbell i just wasn't interested but there was something about evil dead rise when it came out this year i was like man this looks really good. I, mm-hmm. you know, and I knew like we've gotten more into horror because of the podcast and everything. And, and you, I knew you would like it. Um, so you and I went and saw it, which was really awesome. And I said, Oh, I got to go back and see the other movies. And I kind of wondered if I had seen evil dead before and confused it with evil dead too, but I hadn't like, so that was a really nice surprise. Uh, so I saw evil dead and then I saw evil dead 2013. Uh, they're both on, no, they're pretty much all on, Wait a minute, you're, right now. you're saying you did not see Evil Dead before? No. Oh. No. So just a reminder, this is a spoilerific podcast. If you don't like spoilers, pause, go watch the film, and then come back. We'll be right here waiting on you. So here's a little synopsis from IMDb. 
Five friends are spending the weekend in a remote cabin in the woods. While investigating the cellar, they discover a tape and a decaying old book full of strange incantations. The tape is played and it unleashes a powerful evil force from the forest that is able to destroy just about every one of them. So. Creepy. Creepy, creepy. So we were just talking about this. Uh, did this film scare you or what, what's the scary factor in this film to you? You know, I, I feel a little cheated, if I'm being honest, because if I had seen this movie mm-hmm. back in 1982, uh-huh. it might have scared me yeah. because there was nothing like it at the time, right? Right. <clears throat> but um, being that I, I watched this one and the campiness of Evil Dead 2 uh, in high school, mm-hmm. um, it just didn't scare me that much. Yeah. Not to take anything away from it. It's mm-hmm. great. They're great movies. Right. Um, but for me, it didn't quite scare me. Yeah. 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 I saw this as an adult, like I said, uh, and I, do, I wasn't scared. We were just talking a little bit of Evil Dead, The Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. There's a lot of a, you know, there's a formula to it, really. There's a lot of mm-hmm. walking down these long corridors, creeping, you're in suspense, Maybe they, they open a door, and there's nothing there, and then sometimes there's a, a false scare, you know? <laughs> and then sometimes there's a real scare, like, you know, you turn around and like, ah! So there's a lot of that, and yeah. I think once you're kind of used to this is where they're coming from, like, it's not very scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are aspects to it that are scarier. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just the camera work on the evil entity as it's coming up on oh, people. Yeah. That's pretty good. You yeah. know, that, that, that's like jaws esque, you know, directing there that mm-hmm. definitely increased the scare volume or scare, uh, scariness of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Overall it was, it was just a fun, gory movie. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell they're having a lot of fun with the special effects. Yep. I noticed there was a lot of stop motion, a lot of puppetry, you know, uh, I think they just were having a lot of fun with the stop motion gore and stuff, right? A lot of people that jumped in for other actors and mm-hmm. put on makeup and wigs and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of dummies that were yeah. in place of the actors. It was, yeah, yeah it's, it was fun. <laughs> I'd like to get into the special effects a little bit later. Yeah. So when I saw this, of course, this was... And I, I may have reversed it before. I think I saw Evil Dead 2013, and then I saw The Evil Dead. I think it was actually the last one I saw. And, you know, I thought it was interesting that the Deadites had influence over the physical realm before there were any incantations and the book was read or anything like that. Because I noticed they were, like, driving down the road right at the beginning, and something, like, does something with the steering wheel. You know, they they get to the cabin. There's that rocker that's rocking, and or the or maybe it's not the rocker. There's like a a swing or something hitting the mm-hmm. the wall over and over, and then it stops. There's a girl that's doing a sketch, and something like possesses her hand, and she starts doing this like crazy sketch. Yep. And all that happened before they said any of the incantations. So I mean, I think one topic would be like every movie. It seems like the rules change a little bit about what the the deadites can can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's a draw, right? There's an entity that's trying to draw them to reading the book. That's why she, mm-hmm. 
that's why she scribbled, you know, a drawing of uh-huh. the book because it's it's trying to push them to to actually read it to be able to let you know release the yeah you know the real demons the real demons yeah so yeah no I thought it was it was pretty cool and then uh, one scene that I really liked just comparing I couldn't help but to compare Evil Dead with Evil Dead Two was they invest a lot more in the Ash. Linda relationship in the first one. Mm-hmm. And I really liked, I thought it was like one of my favorite scenes when Ash is, he's got a necklace in a box and he waits for his girlfriend to leave the room. And when Linda comes back, he pretends to be sleeping, but he's got this box out on his leg. Mm-hmm. And there's this cool scene where they're cutting eyes back and forth. Like he's pretending to be sleeping and she's looking at him, but she's trying to get closer to the box to see what it's all about. And I thought that was really cool. You know, of course he, you know, he, he shows that it was a game. Uh, and gives her the necklace. Whereas in Evil Dead 2, they kind of just like, man, everything happens in sp- split time. I mean, there's none of those kind of scenes. So I read a little bit about this. And, you know, just to address that and what uh, actually I heard Bruce Campbell say is there was a lot of confusion. And people thought, why in the world is Ash so stupid that he would bring... <laughs> another girlfriend named Linda yeah. back to the cabin. Cause the other, <laughs> the other three friends were not anywhere in the story and yeah. all that too. Um, they had lost the rights to the first movie. Mm-hmm. And so they were just simply trying to recap the first movie, mm. but it's really confusing. And so yeah. his advice was actually to watch the, the first movie. And then at the point where the evil entity rushes at ash mm-hmm. that's where like if you wanted to you could start the movie and it would make a lot more sense right right but still <laughs> yeah yeah no that makes sense that but, makes sense it doesn't bother me you know that we talk about what's different about this series than other series like let's say like the rocky series mm-hmm. you know they all play off of each other there's continuity from start to finish and you know this it doesn't really flow from movie to movie. Like even Evil Dead 2 to Army of Darkness is a pretty good flow. Mm-hmm. But if you watch the end of Evil Dead 2, it's way different. Yeah. You know, he becomes like worshipped as a god basically at the end of Evil Dead 2. But in the Army of Darkness... He's in chains. He's in chains, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess one thing about this movie series is you can't be too worried about continuity or things yeah. making sense from movie to movie. And then the rules of the the Deadites change from movie to movie, too. Yep. One thing, too, about this first movie is I didn't know until this very year that Ash is short for Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Because I hadn't seen the first movie. I don't know if they call him Ashley in any other movie. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm like... I'm not sure. You know, I'd I'd have to watch it again, actually, to see if they called him Ash. But um, I will say that, uh, you know, a lot of what we know of Ash Mm -hmm. doesn't even appear until the second movie. Yeah, right. There was just a hint of comedy at -hmm. the end of the first Evil Dead movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, what did you think of the actor performances in the first film? You know, everyone did the job. Um, Uh, I actually, I mean, obviously, uh, Bruce Campbell, he couldn't have been beat as that character. Right. Just just spot on, perfect. And he only got better with every subsequent movie. Yeah, Um, absolutely. 
you know, in terms of the the other actors, I personally liked the acting in the second Evil Dead a little mm-hmm. bit more than the first. Right. But, I mean, you also have to keep in perspective, these are, you know, 20-something, 20, mm-hmm. you know, early 20-year-old kids out in the woods making a movie in the most uncomfortable circumstances mm-hmm. around. And considering that, they did a really good job. Yeah. And I, I will say, I just like a shout out uh, to uh, his girlfriend, Linda, because mm-hmm. that was genuinely one of the creepiest parts for me in mm-hmm. the movie is where she turns and she's sitting on the floor, just like <laughs> giggling and, and, and laughing. It was that was creepy. She yeah. did a good job there. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, that was one of the things I was surprised at, because in other movies, if somebody turned into a deadite, they're coming to kill you or they're trying to beat you up and play with you like a cat plays with its food, you know, that it's about to yeah. kill. But it was really creepy. It was a different spin to have her just sitting in the hallway, sitting there laughing and laughing, giggling, laughing. And he even takes a shotgun up to her head and it's thinking about blowing her away and he couldn't do it. You know, he couldn't bring himself to do it. No. But it was like, oh, wow, this is very different than some of the other, the other movies. I did have one random thought, this cabin that's in the woods, and that's like, who pays the electric bills for this thing? (laughs) (laughs) This thing's got full electricity. (laughs) Well, it's interesting, because in the first movie, I think it was a family member's cabin. Oh, was it? I think so. Yeah, that was a little unclear to me, because the second one, it looked like they just crashed the place. They just crashed it, yeah. 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 But the first one, yeah, there was... They said something like, the keys are supposed to be... a you know, above the door. And that was like a big part of the, the suspense too later on when, um, yep, when she was trying to get in. Yeah. Trying yeah. to get in. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about that scene. That scene was like, you know, the famous scene that's r- real brutal. Like it got this kind of a, I think this scene got them the NC 17 rating. Definitely. Yeah. Was it needed? Was it exploitive? Would the movie be just as good without the scene? Or did it add to it? I mean, what's your opinion on that? It's brutal. I honestly don't know if it could be in a movie these days, yeah. which is interesting. You yeah. know? And they were in this, uh, this interesting time where the regulations were not as strict yeah. during that time. And so it allowed them to be able to do it. Um, did it add to the movie? Yeah, I think it added to the movie. It yeah. made it, it, I mean, that's what a lot of people know the movie for. Right. Um, it also, though, got Sam Raimi into a bit of trouble where he had to go to court uh, in several countries trying to defend the movie and get really? it to be di- distributed. Wow. Um, and I read that he even kind of had a little bit of regret mm-hmm. uh, having that in the movie. And that's why in the second Evil Dead, you see things lighten up a little bit. Right. Um, but I think it is part of what makes the movie what it is yeah he got it some notoriety you know he did yeah yeah for sure now it was funny because evil dead 2013 kind of recreates that like pretty close i would say yeah yeah i don't to me it wasn't quite as brutal um but uh but still it came pretty close (laughs) yeah it did yeah well there's even a scene in the second movie too yeah but that one was more just dragging her off. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wonder too. Like, I didn't need it. I, there were about five or six seconds of that scene. I wish they would have just cut. Yeah. But I do get that we probably wouldn't know about this movie if it wasn't in there and it wasn't so exploitive. Something else I put in this, in my notes here on this film, lots of blood in this movie, you know, like blood coming out of the electric outlets and the light sockets and stuff. It kind of reminded me of The Shining a little bit when blood is kind of, and of course, Evil Dead Rise, we'll get to that later, but there's like a tribute to The Shining in that movie too. Yeah. 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 The, 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 (laughs) I mean, this was a gory movie. Yeah. Right, uh, the chopping up off of the limbs and mm. and uh, you know just the gushing of blood. I mean, it was <laughs> it was definitely uh, hit the gory notes for sure. Yeah. yeah, I thought there was one scene that looked really good when uh, one of the deadites like sticks a pencil in oh, one of yeah. their in their ankles. I was like, that oh. was one of the better uh, uses of of special effects. Yeah. in that movie. Yeah. I mean, especially for the budget that they had, that was an impressive, and that's actually the scene that I remember the most mm-hmm. from when I watched it when I was in high school. Cause we were, you know, all of us were like, Oh wow. Yeah. You know, that, that one got us. <laughs> yeah. That one got us. Um, you know, if, if we're talking about special effects, um, that one was great. Um, the eyes were really, uh, done very well. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what did you think of the Deadite makeup in this one versus some of the others? It was good. It was really good. Um, yeah. You know, the, the I read about the eye, the, the contacts. The, the actors could not see a thing when they put those contacts in. Really? And they weren't like the soft contacts that we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. They were like these hard shell contacts that, that they would put in, and they could only have them in for like 15 minutes at a time. Wow. Um, and, you know, it was painful. Yeah, I and, bet. And blind. They couldn't see a thing. So, yeah. Mm. So they did a pretty good job based, you know. Based I thought on so. I thought so. Now, there was a scene where a dead-eyed girl chews at her own wrist, removing her hand. That yes. That was some of the gory, one of the gory parts. One was um, Linda's headless body gets on top of Ash, and blood is spraying from her <laughs> exposed neck <laughs> into his face and his mouth. That was pretty gross. <laughs> yes. That was nasty. Uh, but the one that really sticks out with me is when they take the thumbs. I can't remember what character does this. But they take thumbs and jams it in one of the, the people's that, eyes. That was Ash when he was uh, defending himself against his guy friend. Oh, okay. Uh, Dead Eye. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was pretty gross. That was brutal. <laughs> yeah. So what did you think about the whole ending? They're all coming at him. He's on the floor. They're pulling on him. They're biting at him. They're all these terrible things. He's trying to get the Necronomicon and throw it in the fire. Mm-hmm. He using, takes, using the necklace. Trying to use the necklace as like a lasso. And then he finally gets freed up, throws it into the fire, and they have this huge death scene. You know, they all start melting. And it was like a five-minute melting scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, what did you think about that whole thing? You know, um, it was... It definitely was different than the other special effects. Uh, the, one of the things that really kind of made me go, wow, I wonder how they did that, was where you could see live cockroaches crawling over yeah, the claymation. The claymation. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to, to actually read more about that, because I that particular scene, because yeah. I'm wondering how they did that. Where the co- I don't think the cockroaches were claymation. Yeah, I didn't I, know. I didn't know, but yeah, that would be very ambitious. Yeah. 
I th- they had to be fake. Do you think they were fake? They may have been fake. Uh, I, I they looked know. real? They looked real to yeah. me. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of uh, Primus music videos, because they always have claymation yeah. and like really gross <laughs> claymation stuff. But it takes you out of it a little bit. It took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. I was like, ah, uh, yeah, the scene's going on forever. Yeah. Well, so it's a lot better than what Sam Raimi had originally planned on doing. Oh, really? What was which that? was to have balloons in the bodies that mm-hmm. would just slowly deflate and some like smoke would come up. Oh. Which that to me probably would have taken me more out of the movie than yeah than the claymation. Well, it's funny because like as soon as it gets, I think they're de- they're dead, and he looks around. And it's like oh no, they're going to decompose some more. You know yeah. now all oh, there's oatmeal, blood, and pus and bugs. Okay. Oh, you saw the oatmeal too. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... Now there's a a skull. You know. Like, yeah. How much are these things going to decompose? And I thought it was funny, like, all you had to do was burn the Necronomicon and you're good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole movie could have been easily, they, they could have been easily defeated. Yes. <laughs> but it's interesting because, and I, we're talking about the 2013, yeah. but in that movie, they tried to. Yeah. And it didn't couldn't. work. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but what, what, you know, something else is every movie that you see, the Necronomicon changes its look. Yeah. Every single one. Yeah. So maybe it's different books we're dealing with here. Maybe, maybe. But I really did like the final shot where he thinks he's beat them and suddenly the evil like barrels right towards Ash and then like poof. Classic. You got to love that ending. Yeah. I mean, no one wants a happy ending in a movie like this. No. <laughs> so yeah, it was good. It was good. So just talking real quick about the, the cinematography of this movie. Mm-hmm. That is... It's what sold the movie, honestly, yeah. uh, and made it into, you know, not just a B movie, but a really well-made B movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going through the woods, the, you know, the point of view of the entity coming to, you know, for the attack. Mm-hmm. You've got that. You've got um, one camera, one scene I remember is where the camera starts from the back of Ash's head and yeah. moves forward to his face. Yeah. Uh, just a really cool uh, way of, of, of doing the camera work. Mm-hmm. Um, they help create a sense of dread, too. They'll have, like, the four friends next to each other, and they'll do that slow pan across all their faces. Mm-hmm. They kind of, like, go around the room, like you're saying. And it, I think it does create this, you know, eeriness. I, and I think that's where what we see with these type of movies is when directors are met with like very difficult circumstances mm-hmm. uh, to where they don't have enough money or th- you know, the shark breaks or something like that. That's where you really see their craft shine. Yeah. And that's what happened with Sam Raimi here. I, mm. I think his directing in this movie was fantastic. Yeah. Oh Yeah. All right, let's talk about what your favorite scene in this first movie is. Do you need a second? Yes. Okay, I'll tell you mine. My favorite scene is Cheryl correctly calling out each card from the deck with her uh, back being turned. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's where Evil Dead Rise gets you know, got it, that scene from mm-hmm. at the very beginning. I, I, what popped up in my head is, oh man, they ripped this off Ghostbusters. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I think Ghostbusters was after this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 
it uh, that was that was a pretty cool scene. Yeah. Um, that to me, the reason why I thought it was cool because that was like I was creeped out by it. You know, like yeah. oh gosh, you know, she one of them's turned. You know, I didn't even know she had turned, and here she is. So yeah, that one got me a little bit. I thought that was cool. Yeah. You know, I, I guess my favorite scene would have to be that one with Linda sitting on the floor mm-hmm. just because I felt like it was so creepy. Yeah. You know, before they were locking them in, in the, you know, in the, in the, you know, cellar. In the cellar and stuff like that. But he was at the point where everyone around him is, you know, either dying or, you know, is, is turning. And so he literally just doesn't even do anything to secure who, you know, her at all. <laughs> right. She's just sitting on the floor laughing. Yeah. Was, that, that was pretty iconic for me. Yeah, for sure. Well, very good. Let's move on to Evil Dead 2. So moving on to Evil Dead 2, uh, just a quick little synopsis about this movie. Um, and once again, if you haven't seen the movie, we're going to be talking spoilers. So make sure you watch it before listening and we'll be right here. But um, so this one starts out again with Ash Williams, once again, battling, battling horrifying demons at a secluded cabin in the woods. After discovering an audio tape left by a college professor that contains voices reading from the Book of the Dead, Ash's girlfriend, Linda, becomes possessed by evil spirits that are awakened by the voices on the tape. Ash soon discovers there is no escaping the woods. Oh, yeah. Or his hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. His hand had a pretty big role in the end of the movie, too. It did, yes. I'd forgotten about that until I just watched it again last night. (laughs) Yep. Turns up and stabs the girl in the back. Yep. Yeah, so Evil Dead 2 takes what was good about Evil Dead, Mm -hmm. which is the the goriness of it um, Mm -hmm. and the... The, fe- the scary side of it. But it adds this campiness to it, which is ultimately which has made uh, it a cult classic. And I would think the majority of people that you talk to mm-hmm. would put this probably in the number one spot for the yeah. Evil Dead series. Yeah, actually, <clears throat> we did a poll on our Instagram page for our podcast. And we put the original trilogy up there, and the the order was like which you know which one do you prefer? Evil Dead Two was number one, Army of Darkness was number two, and the Evil Dead was number three. Yeah. And I think too, growing up, when people were talked about Evil Dead, I think a lot of people were talking about this movie, yeah, not necessarily the first one, because I think younger people had more access to this film than maybe the first one. Yeah, well, especially with the ratings and everything. NC-17 yeah. probably made it harder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I got to ask you right away, what do you feel about the whole campy direction? Were you a fan of going in that direction, or do you wish they would have stuck with it more straight? What's your take? You know, the, the problem with scary movies or horror movies in general is when you do sequel after sequel after sequel, mm-hmm. it gets old. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Think about all the uh, the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing. Uh, right. Campers that get killed <laughs> by a masked vigilante or yeah. a masked guy. Right. Right. And yes, there's different little spins on the story, but it's basically the same thing. Yeah. And I think honestly, that's 
the genius of Sam Raimi is he took something and said, okay, I did that. Let's do something a little different. Yeah. And it added so much to the movie. <laughs> it did. And added to the, you know, the character of Ash and, um, I mean, obviously the special effects got even better. Mm-hmm. It just became an even better movie. Yeah. Now, granted, it was like five or six years later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's got several years of special effects ahead of, you know, of that time. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, um, I like the campiness. I think it added to the movie and made it a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. right away has emerged. You know, he's kind of a, he's a little more hammy, you know, even just his, there's only a brief amount of time with him and Linda, but just the way he acts towards her, like real goofy. Uh, I noticed right away his overreaction when the bridge, he sees the bridge is destroyed and he just kind of overacts a little bit. And it reminded me of um, Charlton Heston a little bit. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) Or Shatner. Yeah. Yeah. But I was thinking of Charlton Heston at the end of Planet of the Apes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, he's like screaming at the sky, you know? He's just like, like over you, the top. You did it! <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, but then all the, the battle scenes, you know, all of that later on, he is like full action star, too. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading about it. <clears throat> so he did have a stunt double for like the really dangerous stuff, like falling down the stairs and things like that. Oh, yeah. But like the, the scenes with his hand where he flips himself over after grabbing his hair and stuff. Yeah. That was him. Wow. That was him doing those stunts himself. So talk That's about incredible. like really just giving it your all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he did an awesome job. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned camera work before, and I think they really amped up some of the camera work, like the POV shots Mm -hmm. going through. uh, Like, I remember one scene where it like grabs Ash and he's like spinning, (laughs) going backwards, hitting trees, you know. Yeah. That took a whole day to film. Just that fight, like whatever, how many seconds of filming that was. Yeah. They like rigged up a, um, some sort of contraption on a car. And had to have like a mile and a half of road uh-huh. where they're spinning them around and all the branches <laughs> that are hitting them. That's just the the crew taking branches and just hitting them, <laughs> <laughs> hitting them over and over again. So he, he definitely awesome. took a beating on this. Yeah. Was- yeah. I mean, the POV too. the, you know, there's a scene where it's like going into the cabin and it was looking for him and it's chasing him. It's like knocking down doors and all that. Yep. And then, like, he disappears. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> it's like the camera's looking around for him, and then it withdraws. That was, I mean, that's like, I don't know. Where did he get those ideas from? Sam Raimi, that is. Yeah. Like, that was just an incredible use of the camera. Yep. Yep. I, I loved it. The camera work was just astounding. Yeah, lots of stop motion again. What did you think about the dead girlfriend, Linda, dancing? That I did not like. Yeah, why didn't you like? Did it just look fake or what? It, it, yeah, it kind of took me out of things a little bit. And yeah. I didn't, for me, that did not stand up to the rest of the movie. Yeah. What did you think of it? I think anytime you do stop motion with a human, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So even the old Ray Harryhausen, like, show me a, a monster 
or a creature, and I love it. But as soon as they like grab a human into its mouth or something, like it starts looking fake. Because yeah, I don't know what it is. You know, eyeball just knows what a human is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard to get. So, but I did like how right during that scene, she's dancing and he's looking out the window. And he's looking for her, and then she just pops right up into the <laughs> yeah. into the window and grabs him by the head and starts slamming his head <laughs> against the wall. And he's like screaming and screaming, and then he's like, poof, he's sitting in the chair screaming. Yeah. And I think, it, I don't know what they were going for. To me, it introduced a little bit of paranoia. Like, does he think he's going crazy? You know, that was a different element in this one versus the other one. Yeah. Like, am I going crazy? Because... But then suddenly her head like drops into his lap or something, bites him on the hand. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. That's uh, the start of the hand going yeah. against him. There's a few but, cases where that paranoia, I think, gets introduced. And they kind of tease it a little bit, but they don't really go anywhere with it. Well, you know, something we haven't even mentioned is the fact that he was fighting this whole time becoming a deadite. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that was part of it, too, you know? That's true. Uh, there was a couple times he actually became a deadite in this movie. Yep. And it went away. Like, again, the rules change from movie to movie. The first time the sun comes out, mm-hmm. and because the sun, sun comes out, like he gets turned back. Mm-hmm. It's like the darkness leaves. Which really stinks because of all those people they dismembered. in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they just waited around a little yeah, longer. Yeah, just tie him up and wait. <laughs> but then the second time... He's a deadite, and he grabs that. He finds the necklace that he had given Linda, and I guess that memory of Linda turned him back. Mm-hmm. So that was a little different for this film. Uh, there's a lot more physical slapstick comedy in this one. Like you mentioned, the whole hand, him throwing himself around. They turn this to eleven with Army of Darkness later on, but all of that slapstick, the roots are right here in this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, did you like that kind of stuff, or what did you think of the slapstick kind of physical comedy? I loved it. Yeah, I mean, that whole thing with his hand mm-hmm. was was comedy gold, right? <laughs> Sla- uh, smashing the plates and everything over his over his head. Yeah. Um, when he was laying on the ground unconscious, the hand like pulling him towards the... Um, yeah. What was it? A hatchet or something that was on the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a butcher's cleaver or something. <clears throat> yeah. And then so, right before the hand gets there, he stabs it with a knife or something. Yeah, yeah. Takes out the chainsaw. It's like, who's laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> who's laughing now? And blood starts squirting everywhere as he chops his hand off. <laughs> Puts the hand in a uh, a box and then you, did you catch the book that was put on top? Yeah, a yeah. Farewell to arms. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, comedy gold. I'd forgotten about that too until yesterday when I saw it again. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched this with, <laughs> and I'm telling on myself a little bit, but our 11 year old, <laughs> he loves this movie, by the way. He watched it with me. And when that headless body comes in, bursts through the, the cabin door with a chainsaw lunging towards him, we're both just cackling and cackling. <laughs> like it was really funny, <laughs> but it's definitely a darker humor. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely don't get Parent of the uh, Year Award for letting him watch that. But You know, there's not that much difference between this and Army of, of Darkness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe it's a little bloodier. It's probably a little bit more yeah. blood. Yeah. 
there were a couple scenes that said, ah, oh, look away, look away. Yeah. You know, what can you yeah, do? Yeah, if you can't corrupt your kid, what can you do, Jeff? <laughs> if it's not that his dad doing it, it'll be some friend, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be me. Uh, Bruce Campbell grows into a strong hero in this. We talked about more one-liners. Like, yeah. There really weren't too many one-liners in the first movie, but he's he's got a few the, here. I was trying to think about that. The only one in the first movie would be, I want to eat your soul or something like that, that they kept on saying, uh-huh. right? That the deadites were saying. Uh-huh. But besides that, I don't yeah. think there was anything else. Not too much that's quotable. Yeah. But in this one, it was like, uh, you know, he's lopped off the head of... One of the deadlights, and it looks gross, and it's on the ground. And it's like, I swallow your soul, I swallow your soul, I swallow oh, your soul. I swallow your soul, yeah. <laughs> he takes out the shotgun, points it down, and says, swallow this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very reminiscent of Arnold, right? Yeah. Some of the 80s action films. I mean, and also his, uh, his you know, groovy, right? Groovy, yeah. Which is what is kind of his character now. You know, that's what yeah. people associate that word with. <laughs> he, uh, I love the whole scene there where he, uh, again, with all those zoom shots, you know, they do mm-hmm. in the cabin and he's, um, or in the, the work shed. And he constructs uh, a chainsaw attachment for his hand that's missing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's saw- realistic. Yeah. <laughs> It's fantastic, but it's like iconic now. You know, he's yeah. got a chainsaw in one hand, he's got a sawed-off shotgun in the other. Yeah, you know, blue shirt, kind of brownish pants, torn up. He's got blood scrapes all over his face. If you go to any Comic Con, you're usually going to see at least one Bruce Campbell, you know, Ash cosplay out there. Really? Yeah. I was thinking about that. that I want to make that my next Halloween costume or cosplay yeah. costume. It'd be awesome. Yeah. So, favorite scene from this movie? Do you have one in particular? I mean, there's no question for me. It's the hand scene. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. You know, but probably a runner-up is when Ash is talking to himself in the mirror. (laughs) He says, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then his image in the mirror reaches out and grabs him by the shoulders. (laughs) and says, I don't think so. We just cut up our girlfriend with a chainsaw. Does that sound fine? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty iconic. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing about the show, and we're not going to review the show, but Army of Darkness, basically, they, uh, they couldn't use any of that footage for the show. So for the actual show, Ash vs. Evil Dead, they pick up after Evil Dead 2. I didn't know that. Was it yeah. a different production company or something again? I guess Universal owned the rights to Army of Darkness. <clears throat> and so they couldn't, they had to like not reference any of that. Wow. And hmm. so they talk about this time in the, in the cabin in the woods years ago, but they don't talk about him going, doing time travel and all that stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of Evil Dead 2, Ash gets transported back in time. And it was really cool, pretty ambitious for a low-budget film to do this. To go back in time, they drop a car from the sky, you know, all these men come out in costume, and then a stop-motion deadite comes flying at them, and then uh, Ash blasts them. And they all start, you know, all the people start worshipping him as kind of like the chosen one. Uh, But Army of Darkness picks up in 1992 
Uh, and it's a little different. Here's the film synopsis. Again, we're going to do spoilers for this one. Uh, Ash is transported back to medieval days where he is captured by the dreaded Lord Arthur. Aided by the dead, his deadly chainsaw that has become his only friend, Ash is sent on a perilous mission to recover the Book of the Dead, a, a powerful book that helps give the owner a power to summon an army of ghouls or demons, right? The army of the dead. Uh, initially, I thought this was pretty crazy. Initially, this movie was given an NC-17 rating. What? Can you believe that? <laughs> I kind of felt like it was barely rated R. Barely. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of too many scenes that would make it rated R. But apparently what they cited as the reason for the NC-17 was the uh, witch that's in the well and then like kills somebody and blood starts like splattering up out of the well like crazy. That was the scene they had a problem with. So Such a tame scene, too. It, it's pretty tame. So oh they resubmitted. Goodness. I don't know what they did, but they resubmitted it. Got the R rating. I really kind of feel like this is a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, by far. You know, pretty tame. Uh, in this film, they go pretty much full camp, but with more of kind of an adventure tone, action adventure. We were just talking to my son about it. You know, he said it was reminiscent of the old Ray Harryhausen movies, mm-hmm. Sinbad movies. And I see that big time. You know, definitely they pulled some influence. And I just think of that army of darkness at the end with the, all the skeletons, the, the stop motion, and then the puppetry. To me, all that was very reminiscent of those old Sinbad movies, Jason and the Argonauts, like mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier. Um, Bed knobs and broomsticks. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I have a note here. Bed knobs and broomsticks. <laughs> Yeah, like it pays homage to several movies from the past. Yeah. And again, like you talked about Sam Raimi earlier, like he went in a different direction. Completely different direction. Yeah, yeah. Now, what did you think about the direction of this film versus the others? Like, were you on board? You know, same feeling I had with the direction of the the tonal shift in, you know, between one and two. Mm -hmm. I loved it Mm -hmm. because you've got to keep it fresh and new. Yeah. You know, just what a crazy idea to send him in the past. Still battling deadites. Uh-huh. But yet he's <laughs> training, you know, knights to fight them. I mean, <laughs> how crazy does it get? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, it, honestly, it makes me sad that they didn't just continue down this path and just have more and more movies where they just completely shift the entire mm. premise of the movie. Yeah. But the what did you think about the special effects in this one versus the other? Because this one did have a bigger budget. I mean, each movie uh, gets better and better, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, the skeletons were were pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Uh, pretty ambitious. Yeah, pretty much all of the like even the end of Evil Dead Two, the claymation in that movie, mm-hmm. when you compare it to this movie, was world's difference. Yeah, so much better. Yeah. So absolutely, yeah. One note I have here too is the the actors. The quality of the actors gets better and better with mm-hmm. each film. I think the second one they had addition by subtraction. They got rid of the cast. It was just mostly Ash, yeah. And he really was cleared up to, you know, do his thing. And in this one, they had Ash who continued like to do kind of that embracing that nineteen eighties 
one-liner persona, action star hero, I think. They really kind of embrace that for him. But they surround him with a lot of British actors and actresses. Yeah, I mean, um, the, everyone played off of each other really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you never got a sense that anyone like was in the back of their head thinking this is the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> they took their part very seriously, and, yeah. and it worked well. Yeah, I mean, you had the wise man, yep. uh, played by Ian Abercrombie, the leader of the people who uh, was Lord, what's his face? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, um, Lord Arthur. Arthur, yeah. I don't know, I forgot that name. Uh, <laughs> you know, Lord Arthur, uh, and then you have Henry the Red, which yep. I thought he was great, played by Richard Grove, and then Sheila, she's the love interest, the first love interest not named Linda in this one. Yeah, uh, Imbeth Davids. We recognized her from Matilda. Really? Yeah. I did love though the whole beginning. Ash is thrown into the the pit. They have, they have this whole action sequence where he kills mm-hmm. two deadites. We think he's killed. He escapes. Yeah. He basically says, "Who wants some? You? <laughs> you?" <laughs> he points at the points at the one guy. <laughs> the one guy. <laughs> Introduces everybody to his boomstick. <laughs> yeah, one Just of the great lines. Classic. Uh, I love it when um, when uh, the the red. What's his name? The red guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric or uh, Henry the Red. Henry the Red. Mm-hmm. Where, where he's like, you know, I'm in charge of these, you know, these people, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I'm, you know, Eric the Red, and uh, and 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 Ash goes. Well, <laughs> what does he say? Well, what hello, Mr. Oh, Mr. Fancy, Fancy Pants. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's filled with one-liners. Yep. And not just from Ash. You know, when the, uh, the girl, Sheila, gets turned, yeah. she's like, um, oh, I, I may be bad. But I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I like I like the line uh, where uh, she's like, you know, you once found me beautiful, and he goes, "Well, you got ugly real quick." <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Give me sugar. Yeah. Give me some sugar, baby. Yeah. Give me some sugar. Hail baby. to the king, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chock full of one-liners. It's good. Good stuff. Now, what did you think about his story arc in this? His character arc, I should say. Because, um, you know, each movie... Like, he was just a normal guy in the first one. The second one, he's like a normal guy, but he's, like, able to become deadly assassin all of a sudden. You know, Mm -hmm. he's able to take out these things and kind of have, you know, nerves of steel. Well, this third one, he starts out a little bit cowardly, you know, wouldn't you say? Definitely braggadocious, all this stuff. Uh, and he has like a change of heart. Picked up a lot of fighting skills, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by the way, th- this is all within like what twenty four hours. Yeah. <laughs> the whole story of the series. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the twenty four hours somehow becomes a master swordsman. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> fighting these soldiers that probably grew up from the time they were eight years old fighting with swords. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe Ash was on the fencing team. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to suspend your disbelief in this movie. Yeah. Probably more than, than the others. Yeah. 
But um, in terms of character development, I mean, with this one, he went full circle, right? He, mm-hmm. he showed up. Everything was about him. He just wanted to get back to his own time. You know, couldn't even listen to the instructions from the, from the, from the wizard, right, mm-hmm. on what to do. Um, and then in the end, you know, you, you see him training the soldiers to defend their, their land, you know. Yeah. Partly because of what he had caused, you know. Yeah. So. He breaks out his chemistry 101 book from the <laughs> vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Again, you kind of have to check, you know, your logic at the door. He shoots that shotgun over and over and over and over again without reloading it, especially that end scene, if you remember. Yeah. And behind his back. Behind his back. Yeah. I don't know how many shotgun shells that got sucked to that portal. <laughs> Well, that and, and I kept on thinking about the you know the the chainsaw, how much gas yeah you know, was there for that thing. <laughs> yeah, as a kid, I didn't think about that, but I actually own a chainsaw, and that thing's a pain in the butt. I mean, number one, it's a pain in the butt to start, and then also like it it eats up fuel. Yeah, you know, you got to keep the keep it lubricated and everything, or else it starts running hot. Yeah. And it just seems like that thing runs all the time on his hand. Like, did he bring fuel with it? <laughs> no. Yeah, well, you know what? He only had it in the beginning. I, I keep on forgetting. He, he uh, remember, he fashioned a, a hand of some sort. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're that right. can crush, uh, crush cans. Metal. Yeah. Metal. <laughs> metal cups. Oh. Groovy. Groovy. Let me ask you this, because at some point, you know, I, I fell in love with this movie. I watched it a million times. At some point, I like started wearing thin on the whole scene with the little ashes. If you remember when he goes to the windmill, yeah, like at some point that scene seemed like twenty minutes long. I timed it last night because it still kind of irritates me a little bit. Yeah, but it's only five minutes in the film. I mean, how did you feel about that? Well, I think they were trying to repeat some of the same stuff that we found with the hand, right, where his mm-hmm. body was was uh going against him yeah and yeah it was kind of it's kind of dumb yeah um but then you know it made it so that his you know he swallowed the guy the eye popped out once it got to that point it was pretty cool yeah yeah you know where his body started to split yeah um now all that was good yeah but the but the little the little guys yeah that was weird yeah yeah, that one, it kind of irritated me a little bit. But they saved it because, like you said, he splits off into evil ash. Mm-hmm. He's got evil ash and regular ash, and they fight. And uh, There's a great <laughs> scene where Ash takes the shotgun, sticks it up to evil ash's face, and blasts them. And he says, oh, yeah. good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another great line. Another great one-liner. But there was one other cringy scene for me when Ash's face gets sucked into the Necronomicon, if you yeah. remember. And he yeah. pulls out and is like... Beetlejuice face. Beetlejuice face. Yeah. And he like shakes his head super fast, like lightning fast beyond what a human could really shake their head. Yeah. And it like changes to another ugly face, then changes to another ugly face, and then he's fine. Like some of that was like a little too far in the silliness, I thought. Yep. Yeah. That's where it pushed it a little too far. I agree. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. felt pretty juvenile there, but but otherwise, you know, those are pretty much the most negative things I can say about <laughs> the movie. I think this one's a lot of fun. Again, we're going to save all of our scores for the next episode, 
where we really go into our rankings, and then we can do a yay and nay for each film if you'd recommend them or not. Yeah. Um, well, what did you think of the actor that played the commander of the skeletons? That oh, guy was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think I know who you're talking about. Mr. Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. What would you say is your favorite scene from this movie? You want to think about it for a minute and I'll tell you mine? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it was the final S-Mart scene. So when he's returned to his regular time and he's told this whole story, the whole movie he's been telling to his coworker was actually played by Ted Raimi, the uh, brother of Sam mm-hmm. Raimi. But then a deadite shows up and there's all this great horror comedy here. Ash Teller tells her, lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. <laughs> And he becomes Action Ash. He fires his shotgun like a hundred times, you know, and he's like, throws his gun up in the sky, jumps on a rolly cart, you know, just all this crazy stuff. Uh, He kills her, defeats her, you know, this beautiful patron runs up to him and hugs him. And that's when he says, hail to the king, baby. That is Army of Darkness right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, for me, I, I love the end sequence of the movie. Uh-huh. With the skele- the whole skeletons fighting, oh, and yeah. there's comedy written all all throughout it. Um, Ash is suddenly this amazing, you know, swordsman. It's just that's iconic for me. Yeah, uh, I would say either that or um, <laughs> what about the uh, I've got a bone to pick with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, when he said that, I was thinking to myself, this is like the king of dad jokes movie. It is. Like, like these are all dad jokes that are intertwined in this. They are. Um, Or, you know, the the other scene that really, you know, I thought was great was where he split in two and was fighting, you know, himself. Yeah. When that eye comes out of his shoulder, that's so creepy. Very. A good makeup job. Like, it didn't look stupid. Mm-mm. It's like, if you're going to have an eye pop up out of your shoulder, that's what it would look like. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, very cool. One other piece of uh, trivia, though, for you. The beautiful girl that shows up in the last scene, she also, you mentioned this earlier in the movie, the wedding singer. She plays Adam Sandler's girlfriend. If you remember, like, the one that broke up with him at the beginning... Oh, yeah. And then she shows up. She's wearing a Van Halen shirt. And yeah. Like, Take off that shirt or else, you know, you're going to cause the band to break up. It's the same girl that was at the end of this movie. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Anything else about Army of Darkness? You know, just once again, I, I just love the way Sam Raimi changed up each and every movie mm-hmm. to be completely different than the, than the, than the first one. Or yeah. the one uh, and then the predecessor. Yeah. And uh, I think he made a great trilogy for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I found the series with Army of Darkness. And then that led me to Evil Dead 2. Mm-hmm. And that led me to these other films. But if you started with Evil, The Evil Dead in the early 80s, and that was your introduction from the very get-go. Yeah. And if that was your jam, and you're like, this is what I like. And then you got Evil Dead 2, and you're like, huh. This is getting a little silly here. What happened, you know? And then Army of Darkness hits. I could see why you would be like, ah, you know what they did to my my great evil dead? You know, they really went so stupid, so campy, so silly. Yeah. 
yeah. I could see that happening. Fortunately, though, that's not my story. Mm-mm. You know, I picked up with the campy, the silly. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I have a hard time thinking that a lot of people have a problem with it, though, because it just turned mm-hmm. out so good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that wraps it up pretty much for this episode. Next episode, we're going to go through Evil Dead 2013. We're going to go through Evil Dead Rise. And then we're going to rank all five films. So come back next week. You know, check out these movies if you can. Pretty much, I noticed like all three of these uh, first movies we talked about today, if you listen to it right now, they're on HBO Max. I think even the Evil Dead 2013 is on HBO Max. Yep. It's also on Tubi TV. That's where I watched it. And then Evil Dead Rise, unfortunately... Uh, it's too new too new yeah. yeah so we'll have to just see I don't even know if it's streaming anywhere yet mm-hmm. or not. yeah I don't think so but anyway have a great one guys peace out peace out peace out